Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace Family is 19 Keys. It's the most dangerous podcast in the world. Make sure y'all tap in for some war room, some high-level conversation, and keys to be able to unlock and stimulate that guy within. Tap in. Peace Family, 19 Keys tapping in with you. Um, I want to tell you why you need to tap into the infinite wealth strategies. Number one, there's a lot of millionaires being brought every single day, right? The job market is devastated. You understand me? Um, you can go to college, but it's better to get you a skill. I've had several six-figure days in the market trading, right? Cryptocurrency. And at the time, I had little knowledge, right? I've sold an NFT, which was just a digital picture rendering for over $16,000. But why? Because I understood the market and I knew the value of it. I've sold thousands of books, you understand me, on my e-commerce platform, utilizing my strategies that I teach inside the Infinite Wealth Strategy. But I also have a beautiful community of people all around the world assisting, providing information, resources, and links, because I know that it's harder to learn by yourself, but it's better to learn in a community sense. When you join Infinite Wealth Strategies, you too can become a part of a community of people learning together and earning together. Make sure you tap in because it's the education that you need in order to succeed and build wealth. Don't be on the outside. Tap in. Infinite Wealth Strategies. Everybody wants to be a boss. Everybody wants to be the one. Do you have real leadership? Is there a realistic expectation for men to actually be tough in society? That's the question. Is it realistic that a man in 2022, one of his characteristics or principles is that he's tough? I asked the question because when I put out a statement that the type of men that women should be looking for are masculine men, a lot of the drawback that I got was from feminine men. And these feminine men started to utilize things that they've heard other people say, such as, well, men and women both have masculine and feminine energies. And we all know this to be true. So that's a mute argument whatsoever. And what they were saying is that they don't want to have to take on the responsibility of being a man because part of being a man is being tough. You understand me? And, And these men believe more so that them living from a feminine perspective and just being within their feminine more than they're in their masculine is the new way of life that they want to go proceed by. Now, I didn't see a lot of women in the comments saying or having issue with the statements that I made towards men being more masculine and taking on those principles of masculinity, which is why this part I'm talking to the feminine men out there that do exist. And why it's very important that women back me up on this, because women want protectors. And if a man not tough, how you go protect? It's not enough to have the idea that, oh, yeah, baby, in a situation, I'm going to jump in. No, what about your actual capabilities? And being tough is not about the ego of it all. It's more so about being trained. You understand me? The toughest of us are the most trained ones. You understand me? The fearless one, having 
courageousness, being able to act in the face of fear. That's, that's an act of manhood. But is it still a realistic expectation of the males and the type of men that are celebrated in today's society? That's my question for you all. Now, I would say yes and no at the same time. The no is just because society is no longer curating men to grow up with the structure of foundations of being trained and, and having that militant type of households anymore. You understand me? To where they're going to be groomed to become protectors, providers, producers in society and leaders. So a lot of the feminine men, they feel like, well, they no longer want to abide by those constructs that were created by our ancestors to be the type of leaders that even they look up to. So I got the question for you all. Is being a man, a tough man in society, still a realistic expectation? Now, I also seen a uh, meme on uh, social media. And this meme said that no man has ever said, when the right woman come around, I'm going to be masculine for her. And the meme was taking a jab at how a lot of women talk about when they get the right man, they're going to be feminine for him. As if feminine is something that you just cut on and off, right? The same thing that being masculine is not something that you think about cutting on and off. It's something that you are. It's the whole vibration of the principles that you establish for yourself and how you tap in and how you move in your particular way of life. So there's no reason that the same thing shouldn't apply when it comes to women because the same thing does apply. That being feminine is a way of life. It's not something you do for anybody else. It's something you do for yourself because it's you being in tuned and tapped into your nature. You understand me? It has nothing to do with the male gaze or the male perspective or you doing it to fall in pursuit of what men think is acceptable and right. But being a feminine woman is something that you should get in touch with because that's your nature and how you tap into the fullness of your whole potential. And to not tap into it more so is signifying, you understand me, um, that men do control you. You understand me? And that you have been controlled by patriarchal order or society that you don't even feel comfortable anymore being feminine. And the only comfort that you can find is being masculine. So you want to be more like a man than a woman. You understand me? And so getting back to the arrangement of our natural principles and our natural order is what I'm trying to get us back to. And expounding this conversation in your own social circles is how you all can gain perspective from each other. Because oftentimes we challenge things that we hear from people because we feel attacked, right? It's easy to feel attacked, to jump into a victim mentality. But what about the open-mindedness, right? See, a male's ego is easy to point out. When a male is doing something egotistical, we know that's when a man is being egotistical. Because society talks about a man's ego all day long in almost every single thing that he does. From why he wears his clothes, to why he talks, why he moves, who he dates, what he buys, the job that he gets, the bravado that he carries. Every single thing that a man does is judged and measured as it is all filtered or is it a pursuit of his own egotistical endeavors. But I have to ask a question. Do women have egos? A simple question. A question that once I once um, asked, some women told me that they felt attacked. And mostly because they had not 
had to go through that self-reflection. But as I posed the question in my own mind, I had to think about it for a second that, what does a woman ego look like? Is makeup ego? Is the big purse you wear ego? You understand me? Is the breast and the body augmentations that you do ego? One simple exercise is to think about something that a man does for ego and then think about something that a woman does for ego, right? If a man gets a big, I don't know, a, a red Lamborghini for ego, right? Or a woman puts on all the makeup in the world, isn't that ego as well? Because she's naturally beauty and the natural beauty should be enough to where she sees herself and all her fineness and all her natural, you understand me? And she sees security and loving herself. But the ego tells her, no, put that on. You're going to look fine. You're going to look good. You go out in the world. Now, the reason that a woman's ego is not truly brought up a lot is because often a woman's ego is brought out by a man's ego and because of the man's world that we live in. But a woman's ego still does exist. And especially as women are finding themselves in more men positions, you understand me, whether it's the corporate world or the business world or having to take care of themselves, they're developing more of an ego. And becoming like the very man that oppress you is not a solution to your oppression. Becoming more in your natural, your nature, the very thing that you had to suppress because of this oppression is how you win. That's the solution. So a man jumping into his ego and a woman jumping into her ego, that's not how we beat white supremacy. That's not how we beat this capitalistic, oppressive society and regime that we have fought all of these years and all of this time. And when a man can properly face himself in the mirror and see the ego that he struts around that he calls his character, then he can finally, you understand me, have power over self to tap into the God, to move in virtue, to have the focus to produce vision, to lead a family, you understand me, to have the proper empathy that he's supposed to rise to, to be able to tap in and understand the feminine expression that exists within himself. And then when a woman can do the same thing, then she finds harmony in her feminine presence. She gets back to the ability to nurture all relationships, especially the one that exists within self. She kills all of the false insecurities that has been placed upon her by society, by expectations and the millions of things that women have to go through based on where we are today. But if we are afraid to ask ourselves these questions, if we deny that they even exist, there's no healing, there's no moving forward from here. There's just a cycle of we hurt each other. So that's the question. Take a look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you have an ego and what can you do to overcome it? Hope that helped a little bit, you understand me? And the next thing that I wanted to talk about is this. Because this is really all about the questions that we ask ourselves. Um, if you want to progress in the world, you have to go upon a quest inside self. You understand me? But this next question is about society, right? And as I ponder this question, I have to think of it in dear terms and layers, right? Now, my first question is this. Are activists really effective? You know, years ago, I was that person that would be out there sometime on the front lines of the march. 
you understand me, talking to a reporter or something or being out there in front of a protest, speaking with the bullhorn, giving a speech about the injustices that have been committed against my people time and time and time again, over and over and over and over. You know, and then as I arrived to a new age and a new way of thinking, I started to think about something that economists call aggregate efficiency. And aggregate efficiency essentially speaks upon the amount of energy that you put in versus the amount of energy that you get out. And whether the amount of energy that you put in, you understand me, is showing an increase in the amount of energy that you get out, right? Now, when you're measuring this in economies, you're talking about productivity, you understand me, and seeing if the GDP, the gross domestic product, you understand me, of that nation is rising, right? Now, if I think about it in the terms of the average person in their life, you understand me, you can think about how hard you work versus how much money you make, right? If you work, if you get paid $10 an hour and you work 40 hours a week, that's $400, right? So naturally, if you work more hours, you're going to get paid more. If you can work 80 hours in that week, you're getting $800. Now, that's an economic term. Now, if we think about this in an activist term, in a revolutionary term, then we would have to think about the fact that you got a million people that show up Right to a protest. Let's say that a million people show up to a protest. You have a law that you want to get passed. Right. And let's say that these million people show up to the protest. They make all the noise in the world. And that law still fails to get passed. Right. Then let's say on the flip side. You got a, a guy. A rich white guy. You understand me? He has money, political connections, power. You understand me? He knows how to lobby. He wants to get a law passed. He takes his money and his connections, calls up a friend of an uncle, somebody owes him a favor, a judge, a politician, whoever it is. You understand me? Throw some money at the problem. Next thing you know, next time around election season, the time to go past that bill, it goes in his favor. Right? So I have to think. You understand me? Because I see this happen in society all the time, right? Even when we talk about going against police officers, whether it's Breonna Taylor, rather, whether it's uh, uh, um, Ahmad, you understand me, or anybody else that has been killed and murdered by the police, and you have millions upon millions of people around the world protesting and protesting, and then it comes down to it, and still nothing happens to the perpetrator of that crime police officer gets off scot-free. You understand me? And if sometimes they do get caught up, maybe they don't spend as much time in jail as we would like. So I have to ask, was that truly effective? Right? Because to be honest, we would think that in a society such as modern one that we live in today, justice should be served up in a much easier way. And understanding the way that this system operates, it operates off money. So it seems to me that we've been operating off old systems because we've seen Martin Luther King do it. But Martin Luther King was a strategist. He knew that sometimes that he went out there, unless he got a certain headline in the newspaper, then he didn't have the leverage to go over and talk to the president. You understand me? Unless he shook the right trees and he understood the political landscape that was happening, who wanted to get elected or what person that he needed to ruffle up, then he knew he didn't have the leverage to actually make or produce any change. You understand me? And now 
Black Lives Matter is nowhere to exist. The aggregate efficiency of our revolutions are not effective whatsoever. You understand me? And I can say that just by the fact that we are not actually making the headline and change that we want to make. And if millions of people can get together to try to get one person to make a single decision and they don't flinch, that ain't power. That's noise. So what is the best way to do it going forward? How do we actually become effective in this society, in this world that we live in? Well, we know the old saying is you got to affect the money. You understand me? Lobbyism is way more valuable than voting. There was a report that came out about cryptocurrency and the amount of money that crypto investors and traders are going to have to be able to throw at politics, to be able to stay off regulation of politics. You understand me? Even change the course of the political landscape, because now you have people that normally would have not gotten money. They now have the money. They now have the access. Right. Voting is for poor people. The lobbying is for the rich. Lobbying is how corporations cast a vote. They utilize money, special interest groups. You understand me? They have to work in intermediary between that person that's going to get elected and whatever their interest is and why they want that person to get elected and what they must do once they give this person money so they can get elected. Right. They throw a hundred thousand or 10 million or 20 million. So I start to think about the fact that if we're going to talk about moving power, you understand me, then we got to move money in a collective enterprise, right? During those protests of George Floyd, as everybody was taken to the streets, millions of people, we have huge people with platforms. Anybody could have got up there and said that, all right, what we need to do is we need to pull together our resources, pull together the dollar. They could have had a fund. It could have been a crypto fund. Say, hey, everybody buy into this token. A billion dollars would have flooded into it. You understand me? Now you got money to lobby for the people's interests, right? Now you got money to go affect what's happening in the streets. There has been people that propose things like putting insurance on all the black bodies. So anytime a black person gets killed, guess what? The insurance got to pay that out. Now they putting pressure on the police officers. You understand me? Because every black body will be representing a million dollar insurance policy. You understand me? Even when you're talking about decreasing the crime rate in the communities, you first have to go affect the reasons why the crimes are committed in the first place. And we know that these hostile environments are created based on poverty stricken situations so that if you can increase the skills, the knowledge, the access and resources that the young boys and girls have access to in those communities, the same way I've never seen Black Lives Matter ever build a school. With all the tens of millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars, I, I heard the damn founders were going to buy houses with the money or they utilizing it. You understand me for politics so that they can lobby for Democrats. I didn't see them doing what I've seen, like my brother King Randall over there doing, building schools, bringing the youth together. I don't see them doing none of those things. I see my brother, Mr. Fab, say he about to build him a school. How come organizations with hundreds of millions of dollars can't do these things? How come they can't put drug prevention uh, or, or mental health gyms and facilities, you understand me, in inner city neighborhoods? How come they can't have uh, uh, centers where they have access to resources such as teaching blockchain skills, you understand me, or cryptocurrency or, or, or tokenomics or learning financial literacy? Why don't they exist? I tell you why. Because none of this stuff that's happening out here is really for the change of the young black man and woman. It's all for show. Once you get into the political landscape, it's all a circus. 
It's not for real change, and it's not for you to be really effective. They're just a cycle, right? It's a cycle of uproar. The people come back down, and everything is smooth. And it happens every so often. Just like we all know that the murders of black men haven't stopped, just the media stopped picking them up and throwing it into their news cycle, so it stopped enraging people on a daily basis. So what is the aggregate efficiency of our revolution? The new revolutionaries are those who have real impact, financial impact. My brother Riza Islam has had a great financial impact, you understand me, on the pharmaceutical companies by making sure that millions of people have the right information to where they can make a decision for themselves on whether they wanted to take a jab or didn't want to take a jab. That's revolutionary. That's effective. You understand me? Putting out the right information, not caring what those people think about you, speaking truth to power, you understand me, regardless of situation or circumstances, and even getting put on the hit list, you understand me, at the White House. Now, see, a lot of people are afraid to do that, afraid to speak. A lot of people are afraid to even speak the nation of Islam when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan name. Yet you call yourself a revolutionary and an activist? Nah, you weak, you got no spine, no backbone, and you in the pockets of those people and you just playing actor on TV so that you can fit into the cycle of the uproar only to be used as a control mechanism once they throw you a couple of dollars. That ain't no real revolution unless we see change. The financial literacy uh, leaders, my brothers over there at Earn Your Leisure, you understand me, myself, right? The impact we've created with the BWO, brothers such as Master Investor, you understand me, Wall Street Trapper, you understand me? Those are people who are creating more change than the social activism ever could. Why? Because you're not asking for nothing. We lead in ourselves. This savior complex that we have has to be destroyed from the root within our hearts because it's rotting our integrity to be able to do for self. I've seen conversations with politicians and asking them why they're not going to do nothing because they weren't designed to do nothing. They were designed to be placeholders of our faith and our hope into a system that was never designed to do nothing for us. How come the people at the back of the line, how come the people at the bottom are screaming at these politicians to do something Yet they never get anything done. Yet the rest of the people, the Asians, Mexicans, Jews, whites, they're able to get shit done with the politicians because they understand the game different. See, once you understand the game, you can actually play it. You know, my, 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 uh, my Israelite brothers or my Hebrew brothers or, you understand me, my Moorish brothers, they don't like when you use the term black. Because term black is classified as legally dead. Right. Meaning that does black really have real legal power? Can you give reparations to a black people, a legally dead people in the eyes and the status of the law? Look it up. Don't ask me. You understand me? That's the question, though. Does our methods need to change? Now, I've always considered myself to be an original man, an Asiatic black man. But black, I've always told you, represented the color, not my nationality. Because I do understand the way that this world works. I do understand that black is legally dead in the eyes of the law. So I understand 100% when they get angry because we're going up against a political machine, not utilizing the correct legal leads to fight that machine. But then I also have to indulge in a conversation of the fact that 
do we give them so much power that we have to abide by their terms and what they words mean for how we use it? Or can we set precedence on our own reality? Because I did see the Jews get their religion, you understand me, turn into a nationality. So what's the real power? Abiding by the old statutes, laws, you understand me, and codes, and utilizing the correct terms for the legal situation that we find ourselves in, dealing with this government? Or do we make them bend to our will and our matrix of thought? Now, that's a conversation that we need to have still. But I will not argue with you about the color. I will not argue with you about nationality because before any of that can happen, we need to decide to come together, stick together and move together. And that means that we need to have an actual agenda that we propose that says that, yes, we will put our principles over profits. Right. Here's the thing. Do young black men and women and really across the board that get money. Start making a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Start making a million dollars. Do you still act accordance to your vision that you had before that? Being a black man, thinking about how revolutionary you would do when they got some money. Oh, I'm changing this, that, and the third. Oh, I'm gonna speak like this. Oh, I'm gonna be a person with power. Oh, I'm gonna stick it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really do something for my people. Or do you turn into a white man? Now, that's a real question. You understand me? Because what I see in our culture is the moment we get some money, we turn into a white man. We get the type of cars he drives. We go to the restaurants he go to. He even go get his women most of the time. You understand me? Start talking like him, acting like him. Need to be accepted by them. Do most black men get money and turn into white men? And speaking on white men, I know I'm jumping and I'm hitting, but this is just one of those downloads that you got to get. This is just thoughts that I'm asking, just questions. Are white women innocent? See, I see a lot of movements where white women intersect themselves, you understand me, with so-called minority, other women, or women of color, you understand me, melanated women, and they throw themselves in the middle as a victim and a minority. Now, I get the history that you have with your man. You understand me? But I also understand the role that you play in a very white family order and institution. And that nowhere in that role that you played was there innocence. How many white tears have sent black men to prison? How many white women lives have sent black men to their death? How many white women have groomed their sons to be murderers and killers. How did the white men get so goddamn crazy in the first place? If I go look at Sigmund Freud and the breakdown he gives in his psychology, and he talks about the, the uh, psychosexual nature of white men lusting after their own mothers, I have to ask, did white women have anything to do with that? Now, these are just valid questions to ask, to ponder, Right. To project, to philosophize about, because, number one, I know for a fact that white women have not been innocent in the making of America. You understand me? In the destruction of the black family. Right. We know that for a 100 percent historical fact. So how do we get into 2022? You understand me? And allow them to co-op 
all of the movements with women and throw themselves in there as the new minority to where they even get benefits. And now black men are seen as a villain because we are heterosexual black men that seem to have more privilege than a white woman in society. Nah, that don't make no goddamn sense. Thirdly, now I got something selfish I want to throw in there. And I got to ask another question. Is being a black Muslim a minority? Because nobody ever has empathy for the black Muslim in society. Never. Not one time. Being a black Muslim is obviously like a triple minority. Growing up in neighborhoods and situations, not one person understood what it was like to be a black Muslim. The Christians made fun of it. You understand me? Society used to be biased and discriminatory against it growing up. You understand me? And even till this very day, the nation of Islam is classified as a hate group. Yet, how many of you all can say that you've experienced active physical harm or hate prejudice towards black Muslims? That they stop you from getting a job? Have they changed some laws in this country? Have they sent people to their death? Have they murdered and maimed? Like, how is it justified that all this bias, discriminatory action can be given to us? And even in the movies, Tupac said that he, wanted, he, he did not want to play a character that didn't exist. He did not want to play, you understand me, when they tried to make him play, what was it, Boys, Boys in the Hood? You understand me? Uh, the Muslim... And he said they wanted to be the Muslim drug dealer. He said, I didn't want to play that role because he hadn't heard of it. And then when they replaced him, they put in a square Muslim. They refused to have this tough gangster Muslim. They refused to have a Muslim that actually stood for something in the movie. Because then that would have created an archetype in the minds of our people that they would have looked up to that as a valuable option that they could be a part of. I've never seen representation in movies ever, you understand me, correctly applied to have an empathetic representation of the black Muslim. So when you want to talk about privilege in society, the only privilege are the ones that I had to give myself. Being a black Muslim man, masculine, heterosexual man in society, you know, it's like a quadruple minority these days. So I face discrimination, hate, you understand me, all sort of different things. I remember going through the 9-11 situation. Where all they did was hate Muslims. And even to this day, they still have the incorrect facts about Malcolm X's death and still hate on black Muslims. There is no empathy. So when you ask people to relate to your movements... You understand me? And ask people to adjust the way that they move and go about doing things. Hey, everybody should be for this empowerment and that empowerment. And we should talk about giving all our money and support and resources for these things. But it ain't never been no movement to ever give uh, uh, resources and support and access. You understand me? For specifically my representation. That's a black Muslim man in America. We had to fight for everything that we get. Still do. So. You got to think about that as you asking for empathy and you want everybody to have openness and understanding for your fight when you never, ever, ever even thought about our fight. You understand me? The fight that we continue to have today in society and especially with there being a demonization of masculinity. 
You understand me? And every moment I look around, there's some new goddamn Netflix special against black Muslims, specifically hatred against the nation of Islam. I don't <laughs> the nation of Islam is not a hate group. The hate comes from the hate that nation of Islam get from other groups. It is the most hated group. That's the difference. And especially by those that it serves to help our own people. Not because you have a real reason. It's because the enemy has implanted the ideas and the programs that he wants you to believe inside your head. So the views and perspective that you have towards black Muslims in the nation of Islam is the very views of the white man and the white woman that they put there. So you don't think like a black person when it comes to us. And that's why it makes it so hard for you to be our brother and sister, even though we are your brother and sister. That we will fight tooth and nail to save you. So why don't you ever think about helping us? That's the question. I'm 19 Keys. I hope you enjoyed these questions and more that will be coming. I'm not here to make you think anything. I'm not saying that I'm right. As long as I'm growing, I'm fine with that. But I'm sure that when you ask yourself, would you ever be Muslim or what's a Muslim? Most of you all say, no, never looked at the definition. Never thought about reading the Quran. Only heard hearsay. Never listened to a speech on Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Don't have any personal knowledge or memories of any bad situations that you've had. You understand me? Yet, you have such emotional and personal position that you can take on things that you unqualified. Because you don't know the history of it. You've done no research, no facts, no, no checks whatsoever. So... How could you ever be fair? I promise you, you go read the books of the unaboy Elijah Muhammad and you'll gain perspective beyond what this world can give you. And you'll understand the fall and the rise of America. And you will also stand our position in the rise and being our own saviors and tapping into who we are. And that's being gods. Black man and woman, 2022 and all those that's looking out there. It's going to be a trying and a challenging year, but also a very synchronistic year. Two, two, two. You understand me? It's time to double up, as Nipsey Hussle would say. Like, think about that. What would Nipsey Hussle do if he was here? Remember all of the love that Nipsey got, even while he was here. You understand me? The archetype of what we wanted rappers to do. To go into their neighborhoods and make the type of change that we wanted to see them make. To change some of the structures that we've seen them do. To invest into the communities that they come out of. You understand me? When Nipsey Hussle represented, it didn't die. Because he, his legend will live forever. His impact will live forever. You understand me? What he represents and represented into the hearts and minds and how he inspired will still live and move on. He wasn't afraid to go out there and push barriers. He wasn't afraid to go out there to research, to learn technology once he was introduced to it and then introduce that to the community. He wasn't afraid to take people like the tech architect, Idris Sandu, and push him in front of the people so that we can understand, you understand me, the importance of making intelligence, the value is in our community. So for those who go say his name, speak it and those who speak the names like Nipsey Hussle and other people that exist the only way I believe that you can truly pay homage to those people is if you continue the type of work that they did when they was living 
You understand me? The true pioneers in our culture. Now, I do say this. I think that hip-hop has a lot of redeeming qualities. It's the most powerful cultural influence that we have because empires are either built on their influence or their occupation. And we know black people can't go around the world and occupy everything at the moment, but we can influence everything in the world, making us the largest potential empire to ever exist on this planet Earth. So what are we going to do with it? We can infiltrate every area of reality, you understand me, with good influence, you understand me, and powerful impact. But we first have to establish better values and norms in our own culture because there's no sense of we spreading our nigga culture to every corner of the planet Earth because I've seen us have impact. You understand me? Where I've seen drill music in Africa when they're talking about killing and murdering each other, which reflects the same drill music in Chicago and New York. So is that the impact we want to have in the world where everywhere we go, we talking about bitches, hoes, kill, murder, death, sex, culture? Or do we want to have something in the world we talking about enlightenment, intelligence, power, rulership? You understand me? Excellence, masculine, feminine power. You understand me? And wealth and advocacy and all those orders, because you can't tell me that those things are not more powerful. That speaking life into each other ain't more powerful than speaking death at each other. You can't tell me that you tough because you a nigga that hunts other men and women. But somebody that goes out there and help and saves them, then that person is weak because it takes way more strength to help somebody up than it does to knock somebody down. So people ask me all the time, Keys, why are you so heavy on crypto and blockchain and all these different things? I know you study all African brothers and sisters and the history of the nations and the sciences and you know about the conspiracies and all these ways that they go, yeah, I understand all that. But listen, I understand this too. Knowledge can be turned into wealth. That's the sole reason. Knowledge can be turned into wealth. You understand me? And for and, and when you turn knowledge into wealth, you can turn wealth into power. You understand me? And what you do with that power gives you the ability to govern your own circumference, to govern your areas, your life. Then you can do for self. So absolutely, I'm going to teach us so that we can have access to the tools and the knowledge to turn it into power. You understand me? Turn it into wealth. That's what I do it for. I've always been a technologist. I've always been fascinated by technology. You understand me? Because I feel technology is physical magic that we can actually see and apply. I think science is the foundation of technology that allows us to pull thoughts out of our mind and see them in physical representation of what we can do in our minds, our fourth dimension. So absolutely, I want to get into the banking system and learning how to self-bank. I want to get into cryptocurrency because I looked at every industry from when I grew up, they gave us the education system, whack, get the banking system, whack, inflation is 6.6%, something like that, crazy, right? And that's even by the metrics that the feds use to determine inflation, which is an outdated system, you understand me? And when they come up with a new system, they probably still try to curve the numbers, but inflation is high as hell, the cost of living is high as hell. You go to the Bay Area and go see if the cost of living didn't raise more than 6%. See if that food ain't cost more than 6%. You done lost your mind. 
some of the food in the stores that went up by 100% for just when I was young till now. So the cost of living has changed. You understand me? And if we're going to continue to be behind, then we have to use the tools that will push us and propel us forward. And that's why cryptocurrency, that's why blockchain technology, that's why putting together a mastermind and community development is so necessary. And that's why starting with three to five people or starting with your family and then utilizing the tools and having these pitching meetings of portfolios and having diversification in your family is necessary, 100% completely. And that's why when metaverse things pop up and people ask me, should black people get into the metaverse in another place to put us to sleep? And then I have to remind you that if you utilize a social media complain about the metaverse, you know that social media platform that you're using is called Meta. And that represents the metaverse. So you go complain about it or you go execute and utilize it as a tool to take these digital assets and turn them into physical ones. Because you know you can take cryptocurrency that people complain about is going to be a digital cashless society. Well, the money ain't worth nothing in the first place. People talk about their anonymity. Well, you're not moving those spy games. You understand me? <laughs> you can always turn it into silver and gold. You can always turn it into land. You can always buy real estate. You understand me? So at the end of the day, stop putting excuses in front of your opportunities to come learn some game that can change you and your family's trajectory and build some wealth so you can finally have some power. Excuses will always exist. Opportunities won't. Not if you don't take them. I'm 19 Keys. It's been your tap in on the 19 Keys podcast. And we've been in the war room with the greatest questions that you should ask yourself. Tap in. Everybody wants to be a boss. Everybody wants to be the one. Then you have real leadership. Peace family, 19 Keys tapping in with you. This episode is brought to you by Goldwater. My high electrical thoughts are always stimulated with the gold, right? Because I'm always on the gold. Now we're born with 0.02% of gold within our body, for those who didn't know that. Now scientists believe that the reason we're actually born with this gold in our body, given that gold is a heavy metal, makes it a superconductor of electricity, and our bodies operate off electricity with 70-90% water, we actually need that gold. Now they believe that it's because of anti-inflammation and also to electrify the nerve ending between the cells within your body right now why would that even be important in the first place and how can I qualify that to have anything to do with this high level thinking well it's my firm belief and it's also the understanding of science and biology itself that the body is an electrical system and it needs electricity when we're young we have all of this amazing energy right we can just run fields and fields and then over time our energy decreases getting lower and lower and lower as adults you understand me? We can barely run down the stairs before our heart palpitating and it's about to explode like we Homer sitting on the couch in Simpsons. You understand me? So what happens to our body over time? Well, we put the wrong things in it and we rust out our body and it's no longer as electrical. We still have the same amount of potential, but the electricity needed to power up our bodies at maximum potential is no longer there. So putting things like the gold in there is reviving your body, recharging you to that natural childlike energy that you once had before. Now, of course, you want to eat clean so you have maximum absorption rate of the gold and you can tap in. Make sure you do your own studies on the gold, consult with your doctors, and after you're done, come to the healers and tap in to the same thing the Egyptian gods used to utilize.
Thomas, and that's gold. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.